Welcome to Thrive. Today we have Anabella Miranda. She is a radiation oncologist and she had just recently graduated around, let's say, a little bit close to a year ago. And now she moved from her program where she trained in Spain to Ecuador. Back in Ecuador, she's working currently for a state hospital as part of a requirement that she has in order to able to to be able to practice in the country and she's about to finish that and she tells us a little bit of her experience working in the state system of medicine in Ecuador and her plans for entrepreneurship and making medicine a little bit better enjoy sector for a year as part of the Ecuadorian law you have to do it how do you like it so it was very difficult at first because it actually took a lot for for me to start doing this year that's you know we have to do it and I was practically sure that when I came back I was I was in Spain first so when I came back I was like sure that there were they were going to open the doors for me because I already have like a specialty and I would come and everybody would want to to have a specialist in the public health system mm-hmm. and it turned out it wasn't like that mm-hmm. it was like trouble after trouble I have to write to every person I could I, I don't know I, I don't even know the person and I wrote through Facebook Twitter Instagram I, I, you, you have no idea until I, I got the, the job and it took me for about something like six months to to actually start. And the problem is that if you don't do this year, this obligatory year you have to do, you can't work in any hospital or in pub, uh, public or private practice. So you really have to do this. And it was it was terrible. Those six months were terrible for me. I was sitting in my sofa for six months without doing anything. So it was really, really hard. Which is kind of a, an unusual experience for an, a radiation oncologist to be sitting down in your sofa waiting for somebody to say, yeah, you can come to work. And there's clearly a need of radiation. Like how many radiation oncologists are there in, in, in Ecuador or in your city? In Ecuador, I don't know, but in my city, Guayaquil, I know we are like probably six, including me. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. So the, the fact is that Radiation oncology is only done in a, it's part private, private, public um, hospital. It's an oncological hospital here. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that I went there and they really want me to start over there. They practically have the papers to sign. But I knew that I had to do this obligatory year called Rural. Mm-hmm. And they tried to help me. They sent a letter to the public health ministry and for them to approve that I could do it. Uh, this year in that hospital because it's the only hospital in the city that has radiation oncology and the ministry said like no There's no way you're doing that there. You have to do it 
in the public health system obligatory. And I said, like, there's no radiation oncology there. What I'm going to do? Mm-hmm. And, the, and fortunately, I have a master's degree in clinical oncology, which took me two years to do. And mm-hmm. with that, I've been doing fine. But it's not actually what I like to do uh, in every day, you know. And they accept me like six months later after I don't know how many calls I made, how many people I contact. You can't imagine. I don't know how to explain it, but it was terrible. And I was frustrated because I knew that it is needed. And I know I'm not like the best or anything or they want, you know, for me, Annabella Miranda, they want a radiation oncologist and or they need it actually and they say no and it was really frustrating trying to explain this and and having just a no answer or sometimes no answer at all but it's <laughs> kind of fucked up right because if you think about it okay there's only five radiation oncologists before you and you say yeah. yeah i'm not that good or i'm not the best or whatever but yeah you're being very humble because you train in spain and and which is not easy right like it's not easy to go there and get your training you have to take a, a big exam and then there's only a certain amount, a, amount of like spots for you to get in and people from all over the world go there to do that so yeah. it's not that easy to do then you 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 were able to pass the exam go there get your specialty and then decided to come back and yeah. there's only six of you so they do need you and then they say yeah, no, don't do it for no, for no particular reason. Like there's no particular reason why they would not need you in this country. And, and you know, I understand that because I went there um, a couple of years ago and I just passed by to see if, uh, you know, like I just wanted to validate my title. I don't mm-hmm. have any specific plans to go back to Ecuador and practice, but I thought, well, I'm in Ecuador, I visit every year, why not have all my paperwork in like, just like standing, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. my titles to be recognized there, et cetera. And just the going there and asking and say, hey, what, what, what papers do I need? And it was just so bizarre because they couldn't tell me exactly what I needed. It was like, oh, you can ask your program to give a, a list of all the things that you have practiced, like all the things that you yeah. have trained in. I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And like, what else? And it's like, no, 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 just like bring everything you can. Bring everything you can, yeah. and then we'll figure out whether we'll accept it or not. And then yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You should have a specific requirement paperwork that I should bring you for you to decide whether you accept it or not. If you're going to make my life so difficult just to do this thing that should be just a paperwork, maybe I won't do it. And maybe I won't go there. And maybe you'll be missing on a really good provider for your country. Exactly. For example, just, just what you're talking about. Uh, actually, my the, all the paperwork are needed for, for my specialty to be recognized here. I spent like three months in Spain before coming back, just collecting all the material, all the stuff, all the papers I could possibly get with all the stamps or I don't know, a, a lot of things just for them to to approve and to legalize my, my specialties here. Mm-hmm. I had my brother who is a, he's a lawyer. I told him like I had copies of everything and send him to the office 
that validates all this to ask if all those papers were okay and until i had like the final you know it's approved it's okay i didn't come back because i knew they would ask for something else and yeah. that's like a, a, a that's like the law here they ask you for 10 papers and when you go there they say like no uh, 11 and you're like why <laughs> here it's written like you have it over here a list of 10 things why are you asking me for the 11th one what's going on and actually that didn't happen for me with the specialty title but i did two masters i have two masters degrees that i that i did during my my years in spain one is the clinical oncology that i was talking before and the other one is a master degree in, in hospital management oh, okay and these two masters they didn't validate it here really because yeah because they said like because i did it in how do you say that it's, it was part online and part you had to go to the actual classes you know and because it was like in that format they didn't validate it and one of them i can kind of understand the, the one in clinical oncology because they they said like because it's a medical degree you have to actually do it all in presence in the classes okay i try to feel understand it hmm. but the other one which is not like strictly medical material you have you don't have to be in contact with patients or, or anything or anything it's just the hospital management they didn't validate it because i did it after 2015. that's the reason what? they gave me yeah yeah yeah. they sent me an email that said it was after 2015 and that's the reason they can validate it and i was like but i don't understand you know it was a master degree that didn't cost me a thousand dollars it cost me a lot of money yeah. and it is it is the best uh, university doing the hospital management in in spain mm -hmm. it is recognized in whole in the whole of europe so why they wouldn't recognize it in ecuador well obviously <laughs> you know? because it was done after 2015 i mean yeah exactly and i had to swallow that answer and <laughs> go back to my home <laughs> with my degree with my title in my hands and without understanding that's fine and now the, the 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 country doesn't recognize it but i'm going to put it on my wall of course and i don't no. care if they recognize it of no or not right. because i know what i know and i know what i study so i don't care but they didn't just because i did it after 2015. you know it's funny because <laughs> despite all of these I know that you're very passionate about public health, which I think is one of the reasons why you went back to it. Is that right? Yes, it is. I have this, it's kind of a social, I have always called it social responsibility, mm -hmm. which I've had like since I was very little. And fortunately I have the, the opportunity actually to go to another country and study in another country because I wanted to, mm -hmm. you know, without struggling with, financial or something that can really affect that kind of decisions so for me it was very important to go to somewhere else to study something that i can't do here in my country because we don't have radiation oncology programs here in any part of this country and for me so it was wait. very important to go so, sorry to, to interrupt you but yeah, radiation radiation oncology i mean sounds like a like an important thing right like i work in a cancer hospital and a lot of patients get radiation so 
I'm assuming that's what you provide, right? Is, is that? Yeah, exactly. I do the, the planification of the treatments and actually decide how many um, radiation that person is going to receive, where it's going to receive it. We protect the organs that are not supposed to receive it. So we're a really important part of oncology. The thing is that I believe radiation oncology, at least at med school, for example, or in our countries, maybe not in the USA, but in our countries, it is mm, very unknown. We don't study radiation oncology at med school, for example. We had like oncology and they talk about whatever, but radiation oncology is pretty unknown in general terms. Uh, but but mm, it kind of uh, treats for about like 30% of cancer patients. You know, the, the majority of the patients, the treatment, the better treatment is surgery. But radiation oncology is like about 30 to 35 percent of, of the treatments, and a less percentage is also the, the chemo. But the thing is that it happens with everything. Chemo has like more advertising and everything because it moves money. You know, the pharmacology, the how do you say, the pharmacology, pharma. yeah, pharma. So um, it has like a more voice. That's why I believe it's, it's also uh, very unknown. But it's really important, and a lot of cancer patients receive radiation and receive radiation, and you can treat a lot of patients with it. I actually believe it's the future of oncology. How so? Mm, because uh, we have been seeing during the the years and the studies that more precise radiation can be done right now uh, instead of, for example, like twenty years ago, uh, then the machines that were used to give radiation were more precise in terms of defining the actual volume you want to treat and especially protecting the the organs at risk that are the organs that cannot be radiated and there was a lot of toxicity in these patients and with the with time you know they have improved a lot these these machines in order that they are very very precise that you can actually modulate the intensity of radiation mm -hmm. and they're more more and more safe. They're very safe machines right now. And this, mm, this uh, increases the, the amount of patients that can receive it because you are not worried a lot about, about the, the toxicity you can, you can give to these patients. Actually, I also believe it's gonna be kind of the future because it is cheaper. It is cheaper than 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 chemo, for example. And, and, and what do you, go ahead. No, no. What were you going to tell me? What do you think? So, I a lot of my patients are on radiation uh, and also on chemotherapy every once in a while. Sometimes both. Sometimes also surgery, mm -hmm. right? Like you do a little bit of radiation, then you go through surgery, or you shrink it and you do surgery. Um, or, but but what about uh, immunotherapy? What, what are your thoughts about that? That's, that's also the future because uh, compared to, to chemo, which is probably what you can compare it to, mm -hmm. uh, it is less toxic or it's, the studies, the recent studies have seen that it is less toxic and, and it has like really good outcomes in, in terms of survival and in terms of, you know, um, how do you say this, um, side effects and it's I, I believe we're gonna go there, but for example, I, I tend to 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 extrapolate this to my country, to Ecuador, 
and I see it like very, very far away. Gotcha. Yeah, that, I see what you're saying. So it's probably more expensive doing this like immunotherapies in the developing world. Content. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, and then you were taught, the thing is that it surpri- it's so interesting to see. I have a, a few patients that are in immunotherapy and, mm-hmm. and it's so weird in terms of like the tumors are the tumors are there they stop growing and you just continue yeah, to yeah. do this thing forever and you're fine you just have the tumor it's not a, it's not gone but it's not growing and you just do that for several years and you're okay which is so so interesting exactly um, but here i can't I, I really can tell you how how many drugs we have how many immunotherapy drugs we have here in ecuador because at the public health system we don't use them they are, they are not available. So I can't really know exactly, exactly how many of them are, but I know it's very, it's very rare here in our country to use them. It's not like the, the common things. Also, because they are uh, continuing to be in study and, and you have to sometimes use them in clinical trials. Here in Ecuador, there are no clinical trials. Right. So we can't, we can't use it. That, that's a big problem because a lot of the things that we use are things that have been studied a lot of time, you know, but but you have to use what is approved and we and you can like try with new things right. because there are no clinical trials here. Okay, and then we were talking like, about go ahead. Like really se- serious clinical trials, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People yeah. do what they want, but the really serious ones can be done here. Yeah, I th- yeah, I feel like half of my patients are under experimental protocols and I don't know what the hell are they taking. And like, it, it'll be like, it, we're in protocol, like P2, 17444 monoclonal antibody. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever that means. Yeah, sure. And then, and then they, we, we have so, so many, and they, some of them do, do incredibly better in really like late stage cancer, which is kind of like a miracle thing that almost, like that's why some people come here, right? Like you. I've tried all mm-hmm. these therapies and then you, you, you want to get into that experimental therapy and see what happens. And, and you see some really miraculous recoveries. And sometimes you see these unusual side effects and, and you have to figure mm-hmm. out what, why is it happening when this experimental drug and how to, fed, and how to treat them. But you were talking about public health and, how, and, and social responsibility uh, in yeah. terms of... Yeah, t- what, what do you mean? Tell us a little what bit. What do you more. mean? Okay, I think it goes back when I was like around maybe four years old. I was very, very young. I was like a four years old. I can't remember this story, but my mother told me like, there was one time when we were on a car in the street here in Guayaquil. And we went, when we were little, there was a lot of street, you know, people living in the streets. And I was able to look at that. I, I don't come from a very rich family, but actually I have never, you know, suffered from anything similar to that. So I, I believe a good life in that, in that matter. And my mother told me like, I saw this kid, uh, it was a girl probably just around my age and she had no shoes. And my mother saw me watching at this kid and like a block away from that, I was already with my shoes taken away from my feet and I was giving them to my mother so that she could give them to the, to the little kid. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I don't understand this, but I believe that we are born with that. 
And when I was like around 12, that is the time I believe I was really conscious about this social responsibility. I was the abanderada, which is uh, like the best student of your class. You all have to um, swear to your flag, to your country that you will protect it uh, no matter what, that you will give your life for your country and that you will respect your dignity. I'm like translating an actual thing that you had to, to swear. Mm -hmm. And I took that with so much like truth, like I was actually swearing something that was going to be forever because I was swearing it. You know, I took it like, like a really passionate thing for me. It was very, very deep, it went deep. And I think in that, in that moment, I already knew that I was going to be a doctor. And I said like, okay, the, the thing is that I'm going to, to, to help my country because I'm not going to war and die for my country. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, but the thing I can do for my country is help people. You know? And when, as I told you before, I have always had opportunities to study in a good school, to have food on my table, to have a roof. And, and my father made sure of that. And he worked hard for it. And I've always had opportunities. So I had to be responsible with that opportunities. And one of those opportunities was to go to Spain and prepare in, in a field that here in Ecuador is still in you know, baby steps. And you know, it's, it's very raw right now. And for me, it was very important to keep, you know, keep to myself that I, I swore those words. I said, I will defend the dignity of this country. Mm -hmm. And I have lived all my life with that, with that inside my head. I don't know if it's good, if it's bad, but, but I do. And for me, it was very important to come back and have this social responsibility with the people of my country that it was not given to me, but, but I built it through the years. Yeah. And it oh, called, I, I, go ahead. sorry, I think it, it all comes from that moment when I swear those words. I don't know. It's a, it's a moment that I, that I can recall, you know. That's so interesting. You know, um, it is a memorable ceremony, right? Like you are the best student in the high school and then you stand in front of the whole school with this huge flag that you can barely carry. Yeah. And, totally. and then and you make this, this um, oath, I guess. And, and you, yeah. swear you will like help. And, and I think it's a good thing. Anabella, I think that a lot of, developing world countries, one of the reasons they, they have such a hard time uh, evolving or progressing is because the smartest people leave and don't come back. Okay. And it is, it is left to very few individuals that have this moral imperative to sacrifice some of their lives to do this right like you have just given a few examples of this sacrifice right like you if you're in spain and you're a radiation oncologist you're a highly respected individual yeah, you of course. make a shit ton of money and 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 you have like a, a new new dual i don't know top of the line type of cancer care that it, that sometimes may be experimental and you may be at the, at the cutting edge of science. Sometimes you'll, you, you may not. It, it, that, that depends on what you choose to do. Mm -hmm. But you will certainly 
not do that if you go back to Ecuador. If you go back to Ecuador, people will not know what the fuck radiation oncology is. It's like six people. Nobody will respect it. Half of your titles, they will say, well, we don't accept that shit because you took some courses online and you did it after 2015. So, so go, go, go sit in your couch for six months and figure out life. So that's shitty. And that's a sacrifice. And especially so in somebody like you that has studied for what, 13 years? How many years? Probably. Have I've studied since I was, I don't know, three. But medicine probably, <laughs> yeah, I studied all my fucking life. But medicine probably, I started in 2006. So it's been 14 years now. It's going to be 15 years now on January. Or yeah. So you have been studying for 15 years. You've been preparing so that some yeah. asshole sitting in, a, in an office clicking no on the validation yeah. of your title. That's stupidity. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I said, like, I was kind of frustrated. I was, okay, I know I'm not the best in the world, but come on, there's no one else. Like, choose me. Why won't well, you say this? But, but I would argue, Annabella, you are amongst the best. I mean, it, okay, think about it in, in like, in actual statistical, uh, like, imagine a normal distribution of uh, radiation oncologists on planet Earth. Okay. Yeah. On planet Earth, there's so many radiation oncologists, that, and, and let's imagine that the representation of of the quality it's related to the place where you train, and let's argue that in Europe and the U.S. and Canada, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, maybe some other special countries that I'm that I'm not knowing, but because I don't know anything yeah. about radiation oncology are the top countries in the world. So you are probably trained in what? The top 15 countries on planet Earth? I would say that if there's a normal distribution of radiation oncologists of planet Earth, and you are being trained in the top 15 countries, and amongst the, the, these countries, like I, I don't know the, like the ranking of the place where you're at, but I, 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 I don't assume that it's like in the, in, amongst the worst in, in Europe or amongst the worst in the, yeah. in the whole North America, right? So you're probably not there. And then I would say maybe you're in the top 15 to 20 percentile of radiation oncologies on planet Earth. So you do probably deserve to call yourself amongst the top radiation oncologists in the, in the planet. So, well. you know, like if you think it in those terms, I think you are. And, then, and, and that just adds to the degree of the sacrifice that you are making, coming back to Ecuador, taking lesser pay. Maybe, maybe the lesser pay will be for a period of time only, uh, or maybe not, if you, decide to, if you decide to publicly, to just work in the public sector forever. But I don't know, like, we haven't talked about that. Like, what's mm -hmm. your plan when you're there? No, actually, I have to finish this year that, I, that is obligatory to... to to be able to actually work as a doctor here. And after that, um, changing hospitals. I think I've done my, you know, I, I paid everything in this hospital where I am because uh, you were telling me like, how was this year? And at first it happened to me that like, I was really passionate about it and I'm going to change things like little, little things. I like to change little things mm -hmm. because I believe that little things make a big impact. And I like to change that, little things. 
So I started and, and changing, I designed like a whole program to how to manage the, the, the beds in the, in the hospital, you know, the, the oncology beds for the people that have to stay in the hospital. Yeah. And after like two weeks of doing that, my, my actual, my, my chief, my, my leader, she told me like, hey, people are like saying that you are making them work a lot. <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but they, they told me like, you're making them work a lot and, and they don't want to do it that way. So please, could you like slow down so that they can keep up? And I was like, I'm not doing like, I'm, you know, I'm not an ant, like working, working, working. I'm just doing it right, or at least as I think it's right. And, and we only have 12 beds for all the chemo patients of this city in, okay. in, in public health. Yeah. And you have to rotate them in order to them to get the chemo or those who are with, with side effects of the chemo or palliative inclusive because we don't have a palliative care department. So I have to really manage the best that I can those, those 12 beds. And they told me to slow down. And this was like probably like two months ago. And I was like really disappointed. It happened on a Friday afternoon. I was already in my home. And I was, oh my God, I can't believe like I'm doing this with so much passion and then telling me to stop or to, or to slow down because they don't want to do it. Because I really think they are capable of doing, you know, they're as capable of me as me, not doing like wonderful or magical or something crazy. I'm doing what it should be done. And they told me to, to slow down. So after the day, I was like, okay, I'm going to spend the, the months that are left here doing not the best that I can do because they don't want me to do it. Mm -hmm. And I have to slow down. And for me, it's going to be a period that's going to be over. And after that, then I'm going to change hospital. I'm going to this other hospital, which is only an oncological, oncological hospital. It's part private, private, public. I still have like a, a chance to help people in the public health system but I'm going to start with, with private practice as well. And the, my plans, maybe from a few years from now, I have already talked with some people, but I have to get more involved in the field, and actually work as a radiation oncologist, is to, to start something private with, a, with radiation oncology, which, which is not actual in any part of the country right now. We only have it in, in this kind of hospital. And maybe to have some competition with that and and that it's not about the competition actually, it's about creating opportunities. And I believe the more opportunity you get someone to be able to be treated in time and in form, because we have a long waiting list in the only hospital in the city that is able to give radiation oncology. And people are receiving is their radiation like seven months later than it should, or wow. 10 months. Wow. Yeah, and when I, when I started seeing that in this year, Look, I have goosebumps. It's like I can't. It's it's something that I can't. I can't accept, and it's my plan to change that. Of course, I know I'm going to make money, and and I yeah. have to eat. So yeah. you know, but 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 it's it's about changing changing this little thing. Like people who had to receive radiation oncology can receive it the day and the and the exact date that they should. Yeah. What the fuck. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's already bad to have cancer, right? Like it's already yeah, yeah, exactly, it's, it's, exactly. And then the the problem with this country, I believe, and what I'm seeing, this is 
I've been using this year to to examine and like to to really learn what's the reality here because I've been like I told you I've been in Spain and it's not like the best medicine in the world probably but they're really good and the public health system is really good everyone gets their treatments everyone free everyone gets their treatment probably in the time that they should and coming back to to this reality is a contrast that that probably I was not mm, really aware that it was going to be this contrast like this far from one reality to the other and and no i don't know it's like when when i see this kind of cases i i believe that we have to do something like it can't be this way forever you know it can't because yeah. because people it's as you said people are really have cancer it's like terrible disease and terrible emotionally and terrible everything and for example something that i can't accept as well other than the people that can receive their treatments here in, in proper time is that for example there's a lot of people who have private insurance and they leave to other countries to to have their treatments and i understand that because i'm not going to wait here for 10 months to receive radiation right if i have the possibility to go to another place i will go because they will give it to me in a week yeah. You know, and, and I understand it, but my goal is for these people to, because most of them go to another place and they don't have their families with them and they are alone in, in a place, sometimes, for example, United States, and they don't speak English. And, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult. I believe it's, it's, it's difficult. And for me, what's important or my goal is to give these people the opportunity to be treated here so that they have they have the it's not the chance they have you know the how do you say this the opportunity. well i don't know yeah they have they have some some place to do it here then if they don't want to do it here if they want to go somewhere else i don't care but at least it's not because there's no way to do it here you yeah. know it's I, because you know, they want to yeah and i think that one of the uh, if i set my mind into let's imagine i'm in that situation and mm -hmm. I have cancer and I'm in Ecuador. And then I'm like, what the fuck, what do I do? Right, like if somebody tells me there's seven months wait list until you can get a treatment, I'm gonna get the, heck, the fuck out of there. And, but, and even if, to be honest, even if there is a availability for me to do it right then in that moment, and, and I go and check out the place and I go and check out the providers and I don't think they're like good enough, I'm still gonna get out of there if I can. And that's why I think it's so useful to have people like you that have trained in really good places to live these kinds of places because that will give the comfort that people need to, to trust you, right? Like just exactly. freaking trust you. Exactly, that, that's, a, that's the thing. If, if I, have, I was going to tell you, maybe if you were in front of me in that situation, I would convince you to do it here in Ecuador. Maybe yeah. you would say, okay, I trust this, this doctor and I will do it here with my family. And every day after radiation, I'm going to my home. I'm going to sleep in my bed with my, I don't know, wife or whatever. And with my kids or I don't know, whatever the situation is. And that's something that's for me unviable to have these treatments with your family. Mm -hmm. That's something that, that I, I don't know when I, when I think about it, because I have some, you know people you you met uh, in in your life that have gone to another places alone 
And for me, that was very shocking. It's lovely. Like, let me give you an example. I work in a, like a, in, in one of these, it's these hospitals here, here in New York. It's also only a cancer hospital. Everybody that mm-hmm. comes here has cancer. It's like this uh, last resort kind of cancer uh, hospital, memorial, Sloan Care. And I don't know if you're, you're familiar mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, yes, yes. And, and so a lot of the times, what you're talking about, that happens. And, I, and sometimes I, I go and talk with those patients because I have patients that come from China, from South Korea, from Russia, from South America. And, mm-hmm. and, they, and they have left their families. They have left every, every single thing they have that is close to them to get the best possible cancer care. And that's great that they get the best possible cancer care. And they do. But they're also lonely. That is true. They feel very lonely. Yeah. They, don't, they, they have a diff- difficult time to relate. Some people I need translators with. I don't know how to speak uh, Mandarin. I don't know how to speak yeah, Russian. Exactly. So, so then those, it becomes difficult for them to just be laying there in a room with, 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 without the capacity to relate to others. And especially if you're, uh, if you're having like a stage four type cancer where you don't have a lot of time left and maybe you need some palliative care on top of that. And, mm-hmm. and just to be close with your family, you know, like, and, and just enjoy the last days you have left. Ideally, yes, and you want to be spending that in, in a place that you know with, it, with the people that you love. And, and having people like you coming back to the country, making it better, is worth it. And it's nice. And I appreciate you for doing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of really proud of it because it, it takes, as you said, it takes a lot of, of sacrifice. And, but, but, you know, it's, it's what makes me happy uh, at the end. To know that when when I quit working, which I will probably when I'm around, I don't know, 55, 60, I want to retire early. And when I'm done with work, I want to look back and say, okay, what I did helped someone. Uh, when you're a doctor, probably that's easier because you probably help someone, but, but really made an impact. You know, I don't want my name on the streets. I don't want my name in the front of a hospital. I don't want, you know, the keys of the city. I don't want anything but, but that. But I, I really want to be for myself. I want to, to change something. Would you the, get the into small politics? Things. Probably, probably I, I would. I, I like it. Yeah, Actually, I see. I, I like it. But here comes the, the the thing. This this country is really corrupt. And my father told me once. I, I said like a few years back. I said like someday I'm gonna be the public health ministry yeah how do you say it in how do you say it in 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 female adjective the minister of public health i think the minister yeah okay yeah i'm gonna be that and my father told me you won't last four days i was like why (laughs) i was really sure i'm gonna do a good job what's going on and he said this country is so corrupt that at the first thing they're gonna tell you like Okay, you have to accept this deal, and you will earn I don't know ten million and ten million dollars, and you have to do this and this and this corrupt thing, or then you're out. And he said, and as I know you, you're gonna say, I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be out. And I I I know I want to be something in politics, and maybe of course 
related to, to public health, but if they're not going to be able, or if I'm not going to be able to, to work properly, as I should, then I'm not going to be in that position. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I won't be able to, to work with ethics and to work for the people. And if that's not going to happen, I'm not going to make a place in, in, in those fields because I'm going to be frustrated. I mean, I, I know myself. I'm going to be angry all the day, all, all the time. So I'm not going to do that. So if that's not possible for me, I will stick to what I know and, and help from my field in the small things that I, I told you and that I know someday will make a big impact. Probably. You know, I was having just that conversation a few weeks ago with a friend of mine. Uh, I was in DC and, and I have a few friends here from Ecuador and they are actually in politics, right? Like they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. diplomats, they work in consulates or the embassy, etc. And, and I was telling them, I, I, I would never go back to Ecuador and I would never get into politics because it's so corrupt. And I fear that I would start becoming corrupt myself had it, if, I, if I were to become involved in that shitty system. Mm -hmm. So I'd much rather just not do that. And, and, and my friends got so pissed because it's true. Because it's true and because... And, and this is what they were saying. Like, it's so shitty that, like, cool people, very smart people that really could make a difference are actively decided not to do it because it's such an unworkable system. And, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it, it's unworkable. It's not well-paid. It's, I don't know how to say. It's a lot of bad things. Yeah, yeah you, just got, you just have to go with the monk-like attitude, deciding to forfeit... Uh, joy or at least material joy in your life in order to make it a little bit better and then you're gonna have a lot of resistance because there's gonna be like a, a ton of people saying hey you're making us work too much God exactly look I, I did that in a really small scale it was in my department it was really small scale compared to the public health system and they told me I made them work a lot wow. <laughs> for me it was frustrating that that's terrible and i was like oh my god and i'm not making them do like wonders or, or really work like slaves what they're thinking what they're, what they're talking about it, was, it does seem like you have already like mentally figured out a way in which to make it work for you right like you're you're gonna be in that country and then you're gonna make the system better by creating a private practice that you can probably make have fuller control of where you can arrange the, 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 the dispatch of, or the movement of the beds in your unit in a way that if yeah. somebody can t tells you, no, you're making me work too much, you can just fire them. And- Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> That's and, it. And, 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 and so then you will have some, some degree of fulfillment and maybe then you'll, you'll decide to use some spare time to, to work in the, in the public sector in a way that, that, that makes you feel like you're, doing something for your country and, and doing some of this social responsibility that you're talking about. Yeah, for example, I, I really want to be in public health because I think it's a, it's a place where, where you have to work the most and where there's more help needed, you know? And if, I'm not, if it's not possible for me to be in a position where, where I can really change it, I, I know, I, deep in my heart, I know that 
with whatever I do on the other side, it will affect it as well. You know, it will have an, an impact. I, I want to tell you a story actually, because it's related to this. Uh, two years ago, actually, yeah, two years ago on December, this by this date, I was at Houston mm -hmm. doing an internship in at MD Anderson. Mm -hmm. So I was there for a month, and the first okay. day I arrived. Can I can I stop you for one second? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I just want to bring something up. Um, you have said at least three or four times during our conversation today. I don't know if I'm the best, maybe I'm not the best, but I am this and yeah. that. You know, beyond the fact that we already talked about this, like normal distribution and where you stand in comparison to all other radiation oncologists on planet Earth, you're telling me that you did this rotation on MD Anderson, which <laughs> isn't it that the best uh, oncology hospital in the world? It I, is. Right? Well, it is rated like that. I don't know who rated it, but. It is rated yeah. like the best okay. hospital. Okay, so, so some of your training you did in, in, in the best hospital in, on planet Earth. So, yes, I make sure to be in good places. I don't know. Yeah, so then, so then what the fuck are you talking about when you're saying <laughs> that you don't know, like, maybe I'm not that, uh, like, like, what are you saying? You are one amongst the best radiation oncologists in, 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 in the planet. So what are you talking about? Stop it! Maybe, Stop that fake okay. humility. It's not fake. I won't. I won't say it's uh, it's fake. But the thing is that maybe I'm measuring it. Probably, I know I'm good. You know, I know, but yeah. I'm not the best. And for me, it's probably because at this point, everything that I had done in my in my you know, my formation to become a radiation, to become a, a doctor, to become a radiation oncologist, and everything I have done, uh, haven't had the, the mm, I don't know, the, the goals that I have in my mind, they're not yet there. So I believe that when I achieve them, which I will, I know I will, mm -hmm. uh, maybe then I will say, okay, I'm the best, I did it. You know, I'm not comparing myself to, to the others, actually, but it's it's a comparison with myself. So I know I'm not the best because I haven't done yet what I what I haven't like building up all these years. So right now, actually, when I came back to this to this country, is when I I know I already have like the tools to actually build something, to make something with all that I have been doing all through all these years. Mm -hmm. I have trained in really good hospitals. My hospital in Spain was very very good at least on radiation oncology. I've been in MD Anderson, and I have been in Gustave Roussy, which is the best oncological hospital in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is in Paris. So there you go. Uh, so that's what you should be saying. No, because I don't know. I, I well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right, but I've been like this like whole, my whole life. Uh, I have like really good things, but I don't usually tell them. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. I. I, I, I... You you don't wanna you you, you don't wanna uh, like uh, overemphasize uh, maybe like the privilege that you've had in terms of, uh, yeah, of the places that exactly. you've been. But yeah, but 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 you have to understand, Anabella, that there is a, a benefit to do it when you talk with your patients. If if I if I was let's go back to that case where I'm that person. Mm -hmm 
that is about to leave the country. And I'm about to leave the country because I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get the best, the best treatment possible. If you come and you tell me, hey, Christian, I am really good. I trained in Spain. I did, I, I did some of my rotations at MD Anderson. I worked in one of the best hospitals in Spain for radiation oncology. I worked in the best hospital, the, 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 the best uh, radiology, uh, radiation oncology hospital in France and in Europe. I, I know what, what the fuck I'm doing. You, should, you will be okay with me. That'll, that'll hit me. You know, like that will, that will help me. Yeah. And, and I get it. You know, like I, like I understand what it means to not be there yet in terms of the goals that you need to accomplish for you to, to feel accomplished, right? Like there, there are these yeah, things yeah. Yeah. that we all have that. I feel like we all have that. And I think that Nobel laureates also have that, right? Like, like everybody has that shit. And yet- Yeah, of course, but don't, don't sorry, I'm gonna interrupt. Don't get me wrong. If I die today, I will, I, I am very happy with that what I have done because I know I've been doing what I was supposed to be doing exactly to get to, to the places I want to go, you know? So if I die today, I feel accomplished because yeah. until today, these are the things that I should have done and I have done them. You know? Exactly. And, 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 I, I and, I, and I know you do. So, so, that, so then I don't understand why are you <laughs> saying all that other shit that makes no sense. I, I don't know because I'm never gonna say I'm the best at someone. Maybe oh. I'm the best at at eating Hershey kisses. You know that I'm the sure. best. You don't have to say uh, you don't have to say I'm the best, okay? Because yeah, that's un impossible to quantify. But you are, you okay. can say I'm one of the best. You can say <laughs> I, I'm really really good at, at what I'm doing. Uh, anyway, it it, it is yeah. just it is just like a, a wordplay kind of thing, but it does reflect on how others will see you and how you will feel in the moment you, i see your face it feels it's a different face when you're saying i'm, I'm really <laughs> good, fucking good at what i'm doing in comparison yeah. to like i don't know like you know like it's it's a different yeah i'm not a different way yeah i know i know what you're talking about but you know i've been like this all my life because being like the the best student i don't know in my school they gave us every year every year like these medals and diplomas and my name was on the top of it through my whole life mm -hmm. and i i don't regret it. I, it it was fine it doesn't give me any trouble and it was it was perfect but as i i really like win all this stuff for at least 18 years until i finished high school which is when when this happened i think i i was like kind of not ashamed of it but I, I don't know because it happened every year and they all my classmates were like Anabella Miranda and you know like they were yeah. tired of my name yeah, yeah and yeah. this happens they happened to me all, all my life so because I knew it would happen the next year because I was the best at my class I, right. it, it was like that mm -hmm. so it's never been like for me like my achievements have never been like okay put them on the wall actually if you if you come to my house all these, you don't know the amount of medals and diplomas and everything that I have. They're all like in one small box, all put like this. And I've never been like, you know, showing them. So it's part of my, I don't know, I've always grown up with this. That I, I know I've done really cool things and really good things. 
and I tend to give my best in everything I do, but I'm not going to show it on a wall like, hey, look what I want, you know, I feel like that. And it's not only in this aspect of my life, like the things that I have accomplished, but the things that I have, and I'm very conscious of this. And I know it's probably not a good thing and I will have to leave it like in another, you know, another way, but I'm really conscious of the things that I have. So I know I have more and I've always have more than what I needed. And I always have more than other people. Yeah. And, and I'm very conscious of that. And, and I've never said like, oh, look what I have. That's not a sentence that, that comes out naturally from me. Like, look, I have this cell phone. Mm -hmm. Like maybe other people can, can say, and it's fine. It's, it's not a bad thing. But I'm very conscious of that. And, and I think I have like that in every aspect of my life, like not, not showing off what I have or yeah. what I have accomplished. Yeah. And you can take it like it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But I'm very conscious of that thing. So, yeah. and, I, and sometimes it's like, some somebody says like hey you're going to some place like i don't know traveling and i have traveled a lot and when people tell me like so you when you were there in in spain did you travel and yeah i, I knew a few, a few places mm -hmm. you know i i'm not able to say like yes i went to portugal and then france and the whole countries of europe i traveled like a crazy person because i know the person that is in front of me hasn't done it and and i don't know why i feel like something yeah. like i shouldn't tell that too much i don't know it's it's kind of weird but i'm conscious of it yeah it's like a it's a it's an interesting psychological nuance that you're talking about in the sense that you are very aware of your privilege you have yeah, been born in a privileged family that has paid for good education that has been that has given you good opportunities you have been uh, you've had the opportunity to travel the world and do it and do all these things that, that you're very excited about. And yet at the same time, you have been born in a developed world country where you have witnessed so much poverty. And when, yeah. and when just the mere fact of you mentioning all the opportunities that you've had and all the places that you've lived uh, can trigger the sense of lack and the sense of uh, unfairness that the, that, the, that the world that we live in has in others and you don't want to do that to them yeah that's right. probably the that I, I couldn't express it like that but that's probably the the perfect description for what i feel when i when with all these things yeah and so, then and then and then that's one thing right like we're talking about the privilege financial privilege specifically and then the other thing that i was talking about is um in, in some ways it is derived from financial privilege because you had the yeah, of course. good education, but it also talks about personal effort, right? It, it, it is less likely or it's way harder for a person that doesn't have the financial privilege that you did have to get the training that you did have, but mm -hmm. it, is, it, it, is, it is possible. You can go to a public university in Ecuador that is free and you can learn on your own and you can present yourself to, to these exams in outside of your country and end up in in these hospitals too it's it's harder it's very hard yeah but, but it, it is well, yeah. possible and, and then no, after the, all i'm sorry after all I'm, I'm actually also also conscious that i've had the opportunities 
and that I have taken them. You know, exactly. it's not that I, I know that and that I have made an effort to, to, it's not only the opportunity because with opportunities, things don't happen. You and have only, to work through those opportunities. And, and, and you know, the reason I, I keep drilling on this is because I feel like I want to make an important point about this. Like you want to be part of the public health. And I know as a matter of fact that you're overqualified for it. Like if, if there's anybody <laughs> that could do a good job in the Ministry of Health, it's going to be you. And, and you have, and like you have trained in hospital management, you have, you are a trained radiation oncologist. You, are, you actually care so much about the country and its people that you have decided to sacrifice your own well fucking being for going back there, right? Like, so I know that you have the capabilities and the moral uh, proclivity to do a good job mm-hmm. and the ethical responsibility and, and like, like you are a good fit for that. And, 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 but if you don't, if you're not able to communicate uh, your achievements in a proud way, leadership will become a difficulty because what will happen is that there's gonna be a, a loser that, that wants that position for, for, mm-hmm. shit, for, for corruption purposes and he's gonna look more, pre- because th- th- this, uh, basic human behavior and it's a problem and it's annoying and what happens is that a lot of people will portray confidence based on delusion they think they're the best and they have no qualifications for it yeah of Um, course there's a lot of people like that yeah and then unfortunately it it, because the, the smartest people tend to and to show their achievements less so because the more you know, the more you know that you don't know a lot of shit, right? Exactly. And the more you, and the more you know that you don't know a lot of shit, the less likely it is to, to just confidently say, I'm really good at the fucking thing that I do. And then it's a problem. So then the, the loser that doesn't <laughs> know anything is very confident about their thing. And, and so when it comes to speak about your mind and speak about... Uh, on, and speak about the evidence of the thing that you know, you have to say, mm-hmm. I know that shit because of all these reasons. And, that's, and that doesn't, they, maybe in, in some way, it is derived from your financial privilege. It is in some mild way, but if it's majorly derived from your effort. <coughs> yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, I'm sure of that. Actually, I think this conversation is like everything that I've said in this, in this matter, it's because I'm talking to you. Well, you are my friend, you know, and I can and I can speak like this. But it has happened to me that when I have to actually fight for something or or I don't know something that is not not fair and something like that there's like an inner voice that comes out from my mind, and I'm very quick at you know the mind, and I respond to to um, to the others with with the right words. So. Everything you're saying, I, I know where they where this come from and I can I can see it as well. But I, I actually know that when the time is right and when I am in the position where I have to to actually say what I am, I do it. You know? And and there's no shame there. This is because we're talking and we're talking and this is the the normal day because I'm not in those positions every day, of course. And and or in things that really matter or have an importance or gonna make I really, I really, yeah, no, I be- something. I believe it. I remember when we were in class, you didn't, you, you raise your hand. You didn't care if nobody else knew the answer. You just like fucking raise your hand and say what you think. You know, something that yeah. 
that that reminds me like this conversation reminds me of something else when you do that a, a lot of hand raising and we use we start getting all, all these awards and you and you become the best in your class and all these things and people start getting annoyed at, at you and then that like that annoyance that people have at you it's it's kind of like what you said too right like it, it creates this oh maybe i don't want to talk about these things yeah. and 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 something a psycholo another psychological nuance about it is that why do people get annoyed about your achievements when they witness them every fucking day and and this is not true for everybody it's not <laughs> but but it is true for a, for a, a big size of, of the population that does get annoyed at it and then what happened is that your work ethic and your achievements for the people that get annoyed by them it there, there there is an internal reminder of what they're they want to do and are not doing yeah exactly there there is a ton of people that don't care you know like they're like oh that's great <laughs> i'm glad that you're working your ass off i'm glad that you're taking that extra effort in knowing that extra answer in like i'm, I'm glad that you're like sleeping one less hour every day to improve the, the senses in the hospital beds they don't care and, and they generally you will get very well along with, uh, with them there's another part of the population that they gets that that's me that gets very excited mm -hmm. about people like you because yeah like, exactly yeah, we can do a lot of stuff together and like and we just don't care about like how much we sleep or or etc but there is a subset of the population that will get annoyed and and this annoyance is a projection of their own anger against themselves but they can't accept it to, uh, in themselves because then they, they, not, they have to take responsibility for it and is and, yeah. and so instead of taking responsibility for it it's easier just to get angry at you and it's not their fault because they don't know that's happening necessarily. Some, some of them do if you have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't. So if that happens, and, and it's happened to me, it's, it, it, it will continue to happen to me. It happens to you, it will continue to happen to you. And, and, and I do think that at least a personal decision that I have made is that when that happens, I'm not going to alter my behavior and I'm not going to alter in, uh, the way that I speak if, you're, if I'm showing you what you're not doing. So if I'm yeah. showing you what, you what you're angry about yourself for not doing, then you either go do it or if, I, or if you get angry, I'm going to tell you why you're angry at me and, yeah, and you're going to just be more angry at me. I don't care. So, so I, I don't know, like that, that's something I, I just want to tell you because it reminded me of, of myself like a few years ago. Yeah, of course. And then, I've, then I've learned to not take like probably anything that personal. You know, you don't have to, when, when somebody said something bad about you or, or whatever, it hasn't happened to me a lot. Actually, it hasn't. But if it does, then I know if sometimes, you know, sometimes you are doing something bad and you have to recognize it. But if you're not, and it's the other it's the other person that has the problem and and they have to as you said they have to work through that problem and solve it or whatever they want to do but it's not personal it's not actually hurting you if you if you choose to be not hurt by by those kind of comments or whatever mm -hmm. so you have to not take like anything personal actually you're going to be fine if you don't exactly i forget what we were talking about before i got into this like crazy mm -hmm. Rant, 
But yeah, I, I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you the story of the MD Anderson of the first oh, yeah. day at the MD Anderson. So it, it kind of related to all that we have been spoken. And when I was at the MD Anderson, the first day I, I knew the people, and uh, this is where you're gonna be. Like this is what we're gonna good, we're gonna do. I remember that when I went out of one of the of the buildings. I don't know if you if you have been there, but for the people who hasn't, there are a lot of buildings that conform this kind of hospital city it's it's crazy mm -hmm. and or, or at least for me it's crazy because we don't have nothing similar here mm -hmm. so when i went out of those doors i saw this building like looking up and i'm going to really um, decorate this story but the sky had like this perfect blue and it was sunset so it reflected all in these mirrored windows mm -hmm. and i look at those windows and i noticed like tears were like running up my cheek and it's very hard for me to cry starting there, but this happened and I was like really emotional. And the fact is that I was not emotional because I was there or I had achieved, you know, getting to this place, but I was crying because my thought was, oh my God, I'm never gonna see something like this in Ecuador. And that's crazy to think. Like uh, in my lifetime, I'm not gonna see something like this here for my people and that really that really got me but that, that that you know that thought and i said like okay from now on i'm gonna work so that someday i don't know when but someday this is or something like this is in my country because maybe i won't be able to build an md anderson kind of hospital or something like that for myself or by myself but maybe i will like start something that you know when years come by and people you know know me and listen to me and learn from me and go to other places and learn and i don't know maybe it's like a, a snowball you know or at least that is what i want to do like start like start that fire so that one day because it is possible if it happened in houston texas it can happen anywhere you know it it, it can it's possible it's not impossible I won't see it. I know I am very realistic that I won't see it, but I can start the fire so that someday something like that is here in my country. And you know, and, and I know you will. I yeah, I, I, I know it sounds like very dreamy and, and I, I don't know. It's not but it doesn't. I, I, I don't think I have yeah. doubts in my mind that you will. Yeah, that, that's the thing that maybe for people it sounds like really dreamy, like look at this crazy girl, what she's saying in freaking Ecuador. But deep in my heart, I know it's going to happen. I won't see it, but it will happen. Mm -hmm. Because I'll, I'm going to make sure to start something. This is, that is my goal, to start something. It's, it's not to build it, it's not to, it's to start it. And if someone, I don't know, maybe when I'm 60 and I'm teaching at university, which is what I'm going to do when I retire from medicine, maybe there's someone in that class that's going to say, oh my God, this, this doctor is, is right. Like, I can do this or I have the, the chances to do that and, and maybe start something because it, it is possible. You know, that reminds me of like a doctor like that, right? Like the, the doctora Santibáñez. Uh, she, she was like such an inspiration in my, in my training. She was so mean. She was so mean. <laughs> but, 
but it, like in the best way, you know. Like she, she wasn't actually mean. Like she never. No, like, she wasn't. She like she never like insulted anybody. She never disrespected no, no, no. anyone. She was, she could have been. A, she was a little bit sarcastic here and there, sure. Yeah. But she expected nothing below excellence, and that's why so many people didn't want to go to that class because they were yeah. sure they were gonna fail it because they already knew they were not gonna even try to be excellent. How the fuck you're not gonna try to be excellent if you're a doctor? I don't know. Anyway, I do know yeah. that I loved that and because it, she created, like I didn't know, I don't think, like, like, like have so, I had some internal high standards for myself, but she created mm -hmm. exceptional standards for myself. She made me realize what I needed to do to become exceptional, and we do need more teachers like that. And if you have more, if like if you like, and I know you would be a teacher like that, and that will inevitably create people to become exceptional, and you will just like turn the wheel forward. Yeah, exactly. That 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 is the goal because we we need teachers and then like that, and when we have the chance to have them here in our country you know there are very few teachers like that. Mm -hmm. Actually, in, in med school, there are very few teachers like that that really motivate you to be excellent and then do not take bullshit from you, you know? It's like they want you to be the best you can be. And there are very few people like that. And that's crazy, but it happens. And it actually happened when I went to Spain that I encountered people who all of them, all of my teachers there were like that. Yes. And I think that that's the place where I really found these people that that really believed that I can do something, that I can change something, and really taught me how to. They they taught me not only like saying things, but with example. I mean, I'm gonna be very grateful with them like forever because they really they really really trust or really believe that I can do it, even in my country. And I don't know, it's like you meet people like this, and it happens. And it's really cool because they really motivate you to 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 excellence. That's uh, the thing. And that's the yeah, reason. That's really cool. That I think that's the reason I I am staying in the U.S. because I I have met throughout my training those kinds of people everywhere, and yeah. and now where I am, like these people are here, and they really push me. They push themselves too. Like and it becomes this insane, uh, just workaholic vibe style of living but yeah. but we're but i really feel like i'm pushing the science forward and maybe maybe i won't go to ecuador and create something there but i feel like the impact that i have decided to create in my life will be one more of knowledge one of creating knowledge mm -hmm. for the world and that and, and i'm making a point of writing book chapters you know like the one of the ways yeah, in which the developing world learns medicine is through books and 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 that's what i'm doing that's what i'm writing and i'm trying to push that forward so that other people can read it and maybe try it over there and yeah exactly. yeah that's the way i'm doing it um and i'm happy that yeah. way I know, yeah exactly it's like it doesn't matter actually for me at least it doesn't matter like how you do it or what, not how, but what you're doing in what field exactly or, or where you're doing it. As long as you're doing it, you know, like as long as you're doing something that creates an impact. For me, the, the passion is in 
in creating something that 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 improves public health in my country because mm -hmm. for me that's terrible i can accept it i have it in my head every day that yeah. i go to work like i can't accept this reality i hate it <laughs> you know it happens yeah. to me every day i go very happy to work because i i love what i do i love oncology i love my patients but i hate the reality and i will change that reality at least the part that i'm supposed to be changing which is oncology maybe i won't change you know the whole medicine of this country but at least oncology and you are doing it with knowledge as you said and it's a field that you like but you're making an impact too so or at least we're working to make an impact and that's important thing that you find this place or this area or whatever that you can make an impact and that you're passionate about it doesn't matter where you are or where you're from or or how you know how you do it as long as you do it with, with real passion a hundred percent everything we all of us we're, we're made different and 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 we i think i i really truly believe that we can find uh, a source of meaning in terms of what we do i mean not all of them it doesn't have to be career there's like we like a, 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 as physicians have like a very specific drive in our career okay that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily that's not doesn't necessarily relate to every single person on the planet but everybody can find meaning in their life whether it's creating a beautiful garden whether it's, it's yeah. going back to Ecuador and making the system better, whether it's writing and, and figuring out how to improve psychiatry, whether it's like, I don't know, dancing, you know, like dancing yeah, and, exactly. and, and making people happy through like music, whatever. As long as what you're doing, real, as long as you find that thing that makes you want to that like this gives you joy through the doing it then you're set you're separate you're set for a really cool life and, yeah exactly and i think that's the way to go find that thing do that thing every day until you die exactly exactly it's, it's not maybe always about work as you said it's not all about work probably maybe it's a it's a mm, i don't know easier way to 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 find something to do that create something or that improve something maybe through work but it's actually as you said like little things maybe in, in your life in your everyday life that really pushes you to be better you know to be better with yourself and to be better with others and for example i've taken this the thing that i never 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 speak bad of somebody else never like you know the gossip or whatever I, I don't and i actually tend not even to listen to it and and this is is a very simple thing, but it improves my life, and it improves the lives of others, yeah. and it's really personal, and it's, and it's something that maybe no one notices, but for me, it improves my lives and improves the lives of of everyone else. So if we find these little things, you know, I'm a big fan of little things. So if you, if you find these little things in your everyday, and and really, you know, uh, interiorize them and say, okay, I will do this or I want to do this that affects others or affects me or affects myself. And then you can change the world even through those little things. You know, I, I know I'm making an impact by not talking bad things about others. 100%. I am doing it. No, it's a little impact, but I'm doing it. So you find this, this, it's very, you have to look for them, but it's very easy to find them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's I, some, cool. I sometimes will get angry. And like, or like when I'm ranting, 
I will definitely get angry at the corruption of Ecuador because, I, like you know, I I I do feel strongly about it. I, I feel strong, like it's yeah. making people's life life worse. So yes, I'm gonna give you them a couple of insults if, I, if I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. I'm not saying like I I don't, but the thing is that, for example, and and through this year that I have been here and actually living more conscious of this of these matters, and probably than before I went to Spain. Mm, I'm, I'm becoming less tolerant to these things. And actually when I hear it on the radio or on the, I don't listen to the radio, when I see on the TV or whatever, it's like, again, this, or, or not again, but it's the everyday, this corruption and they stole something. And for example, they, they found a few weeks ago in the hospital, this is something I, oh, I, I hate as well. Like they found that this hospital, like, how do you say, uh, medicines that were not able to be used because they were expired, expired is the word, they were expired and there were like boxes full of medicine expired and it happens because someone who was at position, a good position at that moment at the hospital found a very good deal to buy, I don't know, 40 boxes of whatever and he got 50% of what it cost and that person didn't know that if they were going to use those 40 boxes of that medicine, if they were needed, he, he didn't care. And he took the money and the, and then there's people dying. I don't know if you want to magnify it, but it's crazy and you have to live with that every day. So I, I've made a promise to myself like, okay, right now what I can do to stop that, mm -hmm. what I can do to stop corruption right now, like in this moment with what I have. So I can't, I, 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 I have not gone to the streets and scream or, or I don't know, or make fire like mm -hmm. people used to do with the tires. I don't know if you remember when they have fire in the tires, but, yeah. but the way I, I, maybe it's not the time for me to go to the streets and scream, mm -hmm. but I know that I'm, I'm working so that when I am in a position when corruption is in front of me, I'm going to be able to say, no, this is not going to happen. And for example, right now, little things that I'm doing with, with corruption is, uh, for example, when something happens in my hospital, like, hey, doctor, can you please, this happens for, for every, every day. Yeah? There are like nurses that tell me like, doctor, could you prescribe by the name of another, of a patient, some, I don't know, acetaminophen or something like that for me because I need it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that because you're not the patient. I don't know what you're going to use it for. I don't know if you're going to sell it and make money or whatever. But if you're not the patient, I'm not prescribing that medicine for, for you so that you can take it. It happens to me at least once a week. That's and crazy. now they're not now they're not asking this favor to me because they know I say no. Because mm -hmm. that is corruption in a very small scale. But it is corruption. Yeah. And I won't do that. You know, and that's the way I'm fighting corruption, like in little little scale. Mm -hmm. Or when you have, I don't know, I don't know if the people who listen to to your podcast know this, but here in Ecuador it's very common to pay or bribe the the police officer that stops you when you when you have made an I don't know a traffic uh, how do you say it? infraction exactly a traffic infraction and you pay like twenty dollars or ten dollars or whatever you have in your wallet and they let you go. And for example, I've never paid anyone 
anyone. I prefer the, 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 the fee, whatever, whatever I have to pay. I have told them like, I'm not going to give you $1. So give me my ticket, which I'm going to pay because I don't care. And they say like, you know what, what, what happens to me once? We were in this, in this with, a, with a police officer and he said like, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you this ticket and you're going to have to pay or maybe you can give me some money. And I was like, what are you saying? And he said, maybe you can give me like five, ten dollars. And I said, like, I'm not gonna give you a dollar, give me my ticket, and I'm going to pay my fee. It's okay, I don't I don't mind. And he said to me, like, oh, that that's what we need. Really honest people, <laughs> really honest people that that doesn't take these bribes. Like, I'm gonna try to help you and I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna make you pay like less of the fee or whatever, because you're very honest. And I was like, oh my God, you just asked me for money. And now you're saying like, I'm the most honest person on the planet. Give me my ticket and I went out of there. So this is a, the things that you can do, like so some corruption in some little scale here in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. But it's really frustrating to see it every day on, on large scale and to not have trust in your government or in anyone. For example, now we have like 17 presidential candidates. It, this is something that I don't understand really. And they are all there because of the money, because they are going to receive money just by being presidential candidates. Oh They're going to receive a lot of money just by being that. There's like a $42 million uh, fund, fund to give to the presidential candidates to oh, share. So maybe next year, yeah, exactly. So maybe I know some of them know they're not going to win. They're not even running for anything, but they're just going to get the money. And then there's people dying in hospitals by COVID or whatever else, and, or, or those medicines that are expired, and $42 million going to be spent for campaign. That's annoying. So that's when I, that's when I realized that we are, this, this country of ours is like, it's a very rich country, but it is really poorly administrated. That's our reality. We're rich because this is a, place with a lot of resources and a lot of good people and, and people who want to work but are, are not able to work because doors are closed because of corruption because people are chosen by a finger to be in certain positions and then there's people I know I'm gonna say it, like me who are really good prepared mm -hmm. yeah I've learned something from from this conversation that can or or it's more difficult to to access to these positions where we can really change or make an impact and, and really leader, be a leader in something. And you can't because they don't mind about your curriculum. They don't mind about your capacity. They don't mind about your intelligence. You are not the friend of your, your uncle's grandparent. I don't know, you, you're not just known by someone who can pick you. Mm -hmm. And that's really frustrating, at least for me. Because I, I, I wouldn't be in, I don't know, I don't want to be in the position when they, where, when they, when I know that I'm, I'm good for a, for a position and they don't choose me because they're going to choose someone with a finger. Oh, that would be extremely And that happens annoying. every day. Yeah. That happens every day. So mm -hmm. I'm really thinking, I know I can, I can work in, in politics and maybe I will, but that's, it's how I said before, it has to be like, it has to change a lot in the government. For example, if they ask me tomorrow to be the Minister of Public Health, I would say no. 
even though I know it's a good position and I can do a lot of change in that position, I would say no, because I know the people that, sur that surround me has not the same mentality as I have, and they're not gonna let me work. And, and this happens, as you said, with a lot of people, as you had your conversation with your friends, it, it happens with a lot, in a lot of fields, not only in public health, but in, I don't know, in economy, whatever you want to, to, to work. And then they're really bad paid and people say, uh, maybe I will work privately because I'm gonna be paid better. I'm not gonna have problems and no one's gonna be like trying to bribe me and no one's gonna be trying to kill me or whatever, you know? You're gonna have a healthier, and more calm life, not getting involved. And that's, that's really sad because it makes really bright people and really capable people not wanting to get involved. And for me, that's very sad. Yeah. I, I, I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For me, but I, but I understand, for example, if, if you wanna stay in the, in the US, I understand it completely. You know, it's not, I'm, I'm never gonna be like judgmental of, of the people who doesn't come back to Ecuador because everyone lives a different reality, everyone has different goals, everyone has different needs, whatever. So for me, it's fine if you're there. I know you're making your impact, as I told you, from wherever you are, you know, but for the ones that come back and this reality, it's like they slap you in the face, in both cheeks, and then make you vomit. And you're like, oh my God, I'm so dizzy, but I have to still be there, be here. and I don't know. I haven't lost my hope yet. I I hope I I won't lose it. And, and I and I hope you don't lose it at all. Like you, no, you know, I, just keep going. Like I, you seem like I I think you'll be okay. I think I'm pretty sure that you will make an impact. How, how like definitely in the private sector. I think also in the public sector. How exactly? I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see exactly. We'll see. The impact is going to be there. I know it, but we'll see how. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, Anabella, as always, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Yes, we, I, I was very excited about about talking to you and having this conversation because we haven't had like a conversation for a really long time now. Like years. So, like I don't even remember yeah. when was the last time we talked. Yeah, we have been like talking little things in that chat WhatsApp yeah. group we have. But we haven't spoken like like this, for example, in a lot of years. So it was really, I was really excited today about this conversation. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we did it, and we should do it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? All right. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, and good luck with everything over there. <laughs> That's what I need. Luck. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's about luck and it's about effort, and I know it's it's possible. As long as I know it's possible, it can happen. So yeah. that's fine by me. Absolutely. And you're gonna watch me, and then maybe I will convince you in a few years to come. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I doubt that will happen, but hey, <laughs> we can try. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not losing hope. Remember. All right. <laughs> Bye. Okay.